Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the PPC Chat Roundup. In today's episode, we have Julie taking us on a very great topic, especially for freelancers and consultants, or if you're a small business starting out trying to build clients, we're talking about vetting potential clients. So if you're starting off as a freelancer or you've just started your new agency, it's really important not to just feel the anxiety of, okay, I need a client, I need money coming through, so let's just take any client in. It's really important to vet because even though you might get the money in, if you don't vet properly, you will lose a lot in terms of anxiety, in, in terms of peace of mind. And something that we've actually talked about in the community is that the ones who pay the least, the ones who are always trying to haggle in terms of the price are the ones that usually demand the most. So yeah, it's very important that you vet and we're going to talk about how we do that, the ways that we do that, specific questions that we ask, red flags that we we look out for and you know the signs of a good client especially because that's what you want to look for the signs that a client is going to be good to work with. So yeah, we're going to have all that discussions and more today. Hope you enjoy. Hello and a warm welcome to this week's episode of the PPC Chat Roundup, a podcast where I round up the Slack discussion that happens on Tuesdays at 5pm GMT. I'm your host Anu and I'm recording from my studio here in London, UK, and I use this platform to share not just expert but also my ideas and the considered best practices about paid media and the direction the digital industry is going into. And yeah, and I actually feel like I need to pause there of like, you know, talking about the considered best practices because that's that is changing a lot on LinkedIn. I was going to say Twitter, but I don't really tweet anymore. On LinkedIn this week, I put up a poll about how we're dealing in terms of negatives with PMAX campaigns and against, you know, normal keyword campaigns. And all of that is changing. We're being a lot more tighter, a lot more stringent. It's And it varies, actually. Some people are doing a lot. Some people are not only doing a handful because, you know, Google is like, yeah, just give us the keyword, just use broad match, use a smart bidding and we can do the rest. So, yeah, best practices are changing. So it's really great to have these conversations so, so that we continue to hear as to how it's evolving and ensuring that we're doing the right thing for right now and not for how things were years ago. Anyway, continuing on, if you want to keep up to date with my tips and tricks in the industry and get the latest on the podcast that has been called your go-to, if you don't make it to the PPC chat live discussions, and even if you do, then like, follow, share, and retweet or repost or like, comment. Yeah, I am on Twitter, but I'm also mostly on LinkedIn and on threads as well. And if you just search the marketing Anu, you'll be able to find me. Or if you want to get quotes and snippets from previous episodes, check us out on Instagram at ppcchat underscore roundup. So yeah, to this week, we are going to be talking about vetting potential clients, that time where we're all like, okay, we need new clients on board, we're pitching or a client has, you know, set up you know, oh, what's the word? Where they where they they make an announcement that they're looking for new agencies to pitch. So it's not just about the clients, you know, trying to that that should vet who they're going to work with in terms of the agencies or freelancers or consultants. Consultants and 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 freelancers should also do some vetting of their own as well because that really marks how how much how much you know peace of mind that you're having on your day to day job and whether you get burnout or not, which is something we talked about in um, a recent. Episode 
episode. So yeah, also check that out if you'd like to. Before we get into questions though, just to clarify that, yeah, this chat is intended for PPC professionals of all levels. If you have something you want to share, please do. We are a friendly and supportive community. Please don't be afraid to participate, especially in term- when it terms comes in terms of vetting clients whether you've you've uh, you've only been doing it for a few months a few years or people have done it for a long time advice can come from anywhere but yeah if you just want to listen back you don't don't really want to you know have you don't feel like you have anything to add into the conversation but you want to listen to all the advice to be giving and you just want to hear me give you you know read out some of the advice that was given so yeah yeah welcome to this episode i'm very glad that you are able to join me here today so yeah let's get into our questions and answers julie starts us off with do you have a process for vetting potential clients and Michael Gumbert goes as the client. Nope. <laughs> so he himself is a client, so he does really. And Julie goes, I absolutely do. I am interviewing a prospect just as just as much to see if I want to work with them and if I am the right provider for their needs. Jim Banks goes, we have an ideal customer's avatar as in the type of business that we want to work with. That gives us a pass if we get approached by a business we don't want to work with, startups being one type of business, it's a hard pass on. Oh, poor startups, they still need help as well. But yes, it can be very difficult dealing with startups where they are very, in terms of, yeah, they're very bootstrapped with like their budgets. Michael Gumbert responds, say, yeah, but we do have a process when working with internal partners within our company, when they have to do advertising with our team. Robert Brady goes, always start with a get to know you call, make sure to understand the business, what they have been doing, what works, what doesn't, why they are looking for help, how solid is conversion tracking, etc. Also trying to assess personality fit. Does my style fit their style? Peter Bowen goes, I do. It's not formal, but I've got the kind of client I like to do business with outside those parameters I pass. Dougar Thomas, a formal process? No, but I do a vibe check. Call to see if I feel good about working with them and what potential flags I see. I also think it's important to see what the person contacted you for is what they need for their problem for their problem and i've had a lot of calls where i can say no you don't need a five thousand dollar solution you need a five hundred dollar solution that's very that's a good guy with integrity there because yeah sometimes clients will be like oh i've heard xyz doing this so i want to do this and and a ppc practitioner will go no that's that's not what you need you could actually do something a lot cheaper than that so that's really good to know sometimes clients don't know as well and they might actually you know be like oh we only want to spend five hundred dollars when they actually do need to spend five hundred five thousand dollars so sometimes yeah it can be a difficult conversation and not just a hey you don't need to be spending that much Ali Medi Mukadan responds saying, yeah, um, have an onboarding questionnaire with approximately 15 questions, vibe check on a call. I also make a note of how they speak about their prov- previous agency and how often they change their marketing partners. Robert Brady goes as well saying, love that Jim had to say, knowing who you work well with helps you say no. I've had clients trying to persuade me to take them on, but I know it won't be a good fit. Nice to have those criteria to fall back on. Sam Tomlinson going, yes, there's a 
proper process. <laughs> it's an eight-step process, but it's not too long, I promise. Bear with me here. So he says, typically involves the following. One, ICP validation. Do they fit our ICP? Have an appropriate have an appropriate budget? Are we conflicted out? Two, initial div- discovery call. Over 30, about 30 minutes call to discuss goals, needs, scope. Three, proposal decision based on one and two. So are we comfortable moving forward to proposal? Four, validation plus ad account review based on what we've learned in the discovery call. We ask for access to ad accounts to validate what they've shared and understand what's going on. If this doesn't align with what we were told, we're out. Five, proposal submission plus follow-up, which is pretty obvious. Six, detailed discovery plus scope review call. That leads to we go through the scope, their needs, plus introduce them to the team that would be working on the account. Final, SOW based on number five, which is in terms of the proposal submission. We refine the SOW. If there are any red flags, we decline to move forward. Eight, contracting. SOW, I think, is state of work. So what kind of working processes are going to be put in place? Travis Beershall then responds saying I have a personal questionnaire and I've been working on a future client facing version 2 budget is also important for a number of reasons perhaps most critical is many brands are detached from the real costs of advertising and marketing services they have an idea of what, of what something is worth or should cost so it's important to tease that out early good clients value your time we don't haggle with a car mechanic or grocery store over the price of labor or commodities so too should you be able to strike a deal with a prospective client ali goes yeah one of my 2024 goals is to articulate and write like some sam tomlinson right (laughs) amid cabra we have a call with the client to get a feel of them as much as they're trying to do the same with us but we don't have a formal process which is something i'd like to implement one day riva minkoff goes we don't have a formal process as much as a conversion vibe check and then everyone agreeing to our personal our proposal and sow Julia as well says that uh, says I was lax with my process recently and swiftly reminded why I had it in place. Graham Brown goes, we have potential clients fill out our intake form. Those who don't want to do it are a hard pass for us. Stage one of our vetting process helps weed out tire kickers. Then we interview and do our vibe check call. Mark Zuba responds saying that I use a little of general questions and then just getting on a Zoom call. So it's important to feel out the nuances and personalities. I glean a lot from those discussions to make the final decisions. Manichim goes, yeah, I have a discovery call where my main purpose is a vibe check, but I also look for answers to the following in my conversation. Are they overly needy? Are they well capitalized? Do they have a clear understanding of their finances and profitability? Do they have inventory or capacity to grow? Do they have clear goals? Scott Oster Miller as well says initially 15 to 30 minute call discussing the needs of their business and to help me understand their tech or ad tech sorry their tech or ad stack who's been running ads thus far what they're looking for to get out of a new agency or freelancer budgets overall attitude towards online ads and then we have julie taking us on to question two 
asking, do you have specific questions you ask potential clients when talking about working together? If so, do you do it via intake form, discovery call, etc.? What do you always ask about? Michael Gumbert responding, so because like I said this, I am also I am working with internal partners. It is less about determining if we will end working with the partner. It is more about trying to determine what they want and what they are trying to do as a business unit. All that to say, we usually have an inform informational call between my team and the partner. Robert Brady goes, always want to understand the full story about why they are looking for new PPC help. And Julia as well says, yeah, before agreeing to work with a client, I want to know one, why are they seeking a new PPC provider? Two, what is the scope of what they have been doing? Three, what is their budget, both for ad spend and management? Four, how have they been tracking success and what does success mean to them? Five, what are their goals for their PPC going forward? Six, what is their internal structure? Who will my contact point be? I will only work with a client who will designate a single decision maker. Absolutely. Dwayne Brown responds saying, yeah, three years ago, we set up our intake form and it was a game changer. Sometimes there will be more questions based on what they say, but the intake form is my go-to to understand the business. Peter Boeing goes, I don't have questions written down, but I'm trying to find out what the chance of Google ads being successful for them is some broad areas includes their budget and if it's reasonable for what they want to achieve to their expectations from their advertising budget what would make advertising successful for them and then three about their business most of the time is normally spent on this I do this on a call I'm also trying to get a feel for what working with them will be like Jawad Sari here responds saying I prefer a discovery call when I first to try to when I first try to establish if it's a viable business with a viable product that they want to advertise or if they think Google ads is magic through which they will they will create a money-making machine. James Verboda's response saying one specific area is getting into um, is available resources, aka who is responsible for what. This often covers what design and dev resources are available, internal or outside vendor, who handles analytics, management and updates, and then who handles compliance if needed. Travis Bierschel responds saying, I treat it a bit like an interview. It's important for me to gauge baseline knowledge of the platform and services I provide on their team. If it's lacking and I sense a resistance to learning or pushback, it may not be a good fit. If there's an eagerness to learn, I can work with that. Julie responds saying, I always want to identify the, I would be doing this myself if I had more time people too, because they are a hard no for me. Absolutely. Ali as well says, yeah, in the onboarding questionnaire, one budget two, how soon they want to get started. This can be useful. Three, have they previously engaged with another agency or are currently engaged Four, competition reference, five objective, define the win and be as specific as possible. Julian Phillips responds saying, I always ask if they have conversion tracking set up. Somehow I still always find myself working in accounts with no conversion tracking and with clients who don't know their numbers. Ah, annoying. Riva Minkoff response saying, I've been anti-intake form for us, though we've discussed it. It feels too impersonal for our personalized high touch we care approach. Plus a lot of our clients aren't sophisticated enough to be able to answer the questions the team would like to ask. Uh. 
To echo Gillian Phillips, she continues, we always ask clients if they have conversion tracking set up, but their answer doesn't always match the truth, right? They, they might actually think that it actually is set up, but it just might not be set up correctly. Julia as well responds to Reva saying, I agree with wanting to do a call, but a short intake form can keep you from wasting time on clients that can't afford you. Mark Subel responds saying, one thing I try to vet and glean is if they have a plan to take it in-house or if there's anyone in-house that is kind of their go-to to eventually take it over just to see if we'll be wasting time by basically getting everything set up and optimized for them as well as our own strategies, just hand it over or not. Obviously not always an easy thing to tell, but sometimes you can tell. And Manicham goes, yeah, I don't have a four, but I do look for answers during discovery. And yeah, he, he, he mentions that. I feel this was something he put in a, in a chat yesterday saying I have a discovery call, but I also look for answers following my conversation. Are they overly needy? Well capitalized. Do they have a clear understanding of their finances or profitability? Do they have an infantry capacity to grow? I believe that was, yeah, that was his answer to question one even. And one that's going to be a very fun one to listen to, I feel, the red flags. We now come to the red flags to look out for. Julie asks, what are red flags to you when interacting with a potential client? Which are deal breakers? Peter goes, so many, where to start? Reva goes, oh God, this one is shameful. Calling me honey, dear, babe, or any other pet name. What the heck does that with people that they want to work with? How is that a show of respect? That's totally very telling. Like even people who are, who are that disrespectful you'd think they'd be intelligent enough to be not that obvious unless they just actually don't care to win the business or don't care for someone like Reva the paid set marketer to take the business anyway people are mysterious to me James Wiboda responds only are mostly concerned about price or costs instead of benefit and value startup or unproven business models in a market too unfamiliar to us or not similar to something we've done before too small or a budget for the size of the campaign and coverage short-term outlook or just looking to try PPC Travis Bierschel responds saying a few top of mind in possibly low budget can't spread a teaspoon of peanut butter over an entire loaf of bread no dedicated POC uh, point of contact lacking baseline knowledge or expectation setting goal to keep up the Joneses keep up with the Joneses so yes people who are just like oh my competitor is doing this I'm just going to do it as well yeah not tied to reality internal or internal benchmarks poor business math fundamentals Julian Phillips as well gives his list clients with no conversion tracking two no goals at the ready three late invoices or constantly have to be reminded them to send invoices for little to communication little to no communication five not following advice they ask to receive right if you're not going to listen to the advice we're giving what's the point of working together Peter Baring goes no budget Unrealistic expectations, not willing to discuss the post-click parts of the business. Exactly. The whole off-sale, when the lead now goes to the salespeople, how that's working out. Yeah, that's a red flag. Technically incompetent, hurry up and wait type of people, low value per sale. River Minkoff as well goes, yeah, a business model where PPC most likely wouldn't be able to pay for itself, e.g. $1 margins on a $10 t-shirt, right? 
Peter Bowen as well gives another one saying people who want to hire hands, not brains. So the kind of people who are just like, oh yeah, I just don't have time to do this. So yeah, they, they expect you to, you know, work as puppets for them. Yeah. Which, which most of us are not down for at all. Mark Subal as well says, in addition to the great replies here, a plan to take it in house doesn't work for us. We have done it by charging more and a longer commitment, but in the end generally doesn't work for us. Jilly goes, yeah, great answers. I will add abusive or inappropriateness in any way is an automatic no. So I think I'm sure she's referring to Reva there, where, where Reva was saying about how people will say babe or any other pet name. Oh God, annoying. Anyway, continue what with Julie continues, lack of responsiveness in the wooing phase, also a no. Talking properly about their previous providers. Yeah, watch out for that because they might be some of our colleagues and friends and experts that we know have done a good do a generally a good job a lack of respect for my expertise and experience changing providers frequently absolutely ali as well goes it's urgent i need a proposal and i want to go live asap yes that is definitely a red, red flag not willing to you know the, go through the normal processes and put them in place. Gillian Phillips goes yeah, to Ali, yeah, dealing with this right now. Oh, sorry, Gillian. Mark Subal goes, is there a PPC chat comedy sketch video series? If not, I have so many ideas and will do the client's part. Amazing. Julia's well response to Ali saying, I just had an inquiry like this. And that's Ali talking about it's urgent. I need a proposal and want to go live ASAP, right? And yeah, Julie continues. Yeah, we need someone next week because our contract with our current provider ends at the end of the month. So why are you only contacting me with a week of support left, right? James Verboda responds saying to Julie Buccini going, yeah, I will add that talking bad about previous providers is not always an issue for us if their performance was poor. Reviewing the account often shows this. However, if their work was decent and they're talking bad about them, then that's a red flag. And yeah, Julie goes, I should clarify, being unhappy with a provider is okay. It is how they talk about them. Are they professional about it or just trashing the other provider? Even if they were really bad, I still expect a professional assessment not a tirade absolutely robert brady goes yeah it's a product or service or business model that i fundamentally don't agree with payday loans etc julie goes oh how could i forget this gem if you do a good job there is more work or budget to be had right the whole just do this for the exposure just do this for the experience nope or if you do a good job i will get you a million referrals so yeah just do just work for free nope yeah robert brady goes and that of course justifies a lower fee and Peter Bowen goes, yeah, if you do what good work is normally followed by a request for a discount, absolutely, or sometimes free work altogether. And Peter as well says to Robert Brady, and I have met the same people. I see Robert Brady and I have met the same people, Peter goes. Julie goes, yeah, we really need you to turn this around and on day one. Yeah, I taking over an account takes time. That kind of pressure or insistence that you should get big results right away is often a sign of a larger issue with that client. Manichim goes as well, say things that make me run looking to make a decision too quickly they will likely cancel just as fast if if they sign on too fast secondly unrealistic expectations they want a five times ROAS when they're only ever seen a two times one too many follow up or overly needy we cannot be available for them 24 7 
I must say that I had this issue and oh, I'll never forget the fact that the client wanted me to come and change things around so quickly. And during the time we were, you know, we'd had a discovery call and then I had a holiday. I went on a holiday and I was on the seaside in Italy, my birthday holiday. And a client was like, oh, can we talk immediately? Because I need things to work out really quickly. And I took a call while on a boat. I was on a boat about to go scuba diving, no scuba diving, snorkeling. And yeah, I took a client call. Well, a potential client call. Regret that we'll never be doing that again. Jim Banks as well says they are when they are looking for utility rather than expertise, when they have a history of working with a number of agencies in the past, sometimes it's not them, it's you. When they are more concerned about what we get rather than what they get. And then we go on to question four, which is our second to last question of the discussion today. And Julie asks, what are the signs of a good potential client to you? James Obode goes, yeah, starts us off with a good connection, vibe and conversation, good budget and expectations, good market and business model, good product or service, good website. Yes, those are all, all add up to good client. Julie as well says, my favorites are the ones that have an interest in PPC, but want the expert help. You can tell if they are in this category by talking to them. Julian Phillips goes, yeah, clients who have goals laid out, who have an idea of what's being tested in the Google Ads account and are willing to have CRO conversations. Travis Bierschel responds saying, clients that lean in and proactively, this can sound like, here's first party research I have for you to digest. I'm working with my suppliers and logistics pro- um, providers to improve margin and take some pressure off of CAC requirements. Um, requirements and then I reviewed the data and I'm seeing x are you seeing the same my specific goals for this month or quarter for our xyz here's how I arrived to them does that seem attainable or reasonable yeah so just making sure that you're working with as a partner with the people providing as much data as you can and you know and also ensuring that the, the people who are going to actually do the work and can veto the good the goals goals that you're actually setting so ensure they're attainable Julie responds saying yeah are they open to hearing my opinion too? Certainly they know the ins and outs of their particular business better than I do, but how do they react to my questions and thoughts on their current situation? Robert Brady responds as well saying a business business that has been doing it themselves with some success, but knows they've hit their limit and needs experts usually with more time to get to the next level of growth. Ali responds saying, yeah, the clients who acknowledge your expertise and usually follow up with, with sending the invoice and Julie goes, yeah, when they are prepared for the intro call, amazing. Dwayne Brown goes, they understand it is a process and a marathon over a sprint with a playbook that works for everyone. Riva goes, yeah, good budget, nice people, impactful business and good knowledge internally. Manichim as well goes, yeah, the opposite of red flags. So yeah, they have clear goals, clear financial understanding, willingness to invest, to grow, good vibes. Jim, Jim Banks as well responds saying, yeah, pay on time, collaborative, trusting, respectful of the work that is done in advance of signing on pay on time i know i said pay on time twice right (laughs) paying on time is important and i don't i don't know this will never not be a problem or this will never not be this will never be a non-issue paying on time is really important for a good relationship between business partners so yeah jim continues we are good at paid media but crap at chasing for money so we have a conversation to that effect before we start and after that it's it's never an issue that's true i feel it's very important to have that kind of conversation in the beginning i hate chasing oh god it's it it makes me cringe chasing for money chasing people for work you know when people say they're going to help me trying to be like 
You said you were going to help me yesterday, but I've not heard anything back. Oh, I hate doing that. So yeah, I hate chasing. So I definitely agree with Jim. And so to our last question of the chat, Julie asks, is there anything you know now that you wish you knew then when it comes to vetting potential clients? Let's share our hard earned wisdom. So yeah, story time from some of us. Julie answers herself saying, if your gut is telling you that the client is not a good fit, listen to it. Every time I've talked myself into taking a client I was reluctant about, it turned out my gut was right. Travis Bierschel goes as well saying biggest thing for me is you, the advertiser, can't affect certain things. Margin before customer acquisition costs, sales team, processes for leads, creative production pacing usually. Make sure you're comfortable with these situations among others for the specific client at hand before engaging formally. Robert Brady goes, I second what Julie Bicini said, trust your intuition. Dwayne Brown goes, saying no is good because someone better is always going to come along. Absolutely. Ali Mehdi responds saying one, check if the business is established and has been around for for a while. So three plus years Two, local businesses need handholding with system set up. But once that is done, they can be great. Three, avoid working where there is a lot of bureaucracy. You need to move fast in PPC. And four, clients come and go. If it doesn't feel right, let it go. Yeah, frozen style. Let it go. <laughs> Julian Phillips goes, yeah, to echo Travis Bierschel, a bit direct and air to the sales team if possible. I personally like to listen to recorded phone calls whenever possible to see how sales deal with incoming calls. Julie Bicini as well says, yeah, if you made a mistake and a client is awful, end the relationship as soon as you can. It's no good for either of you to keep going under those circumstances. River Minkoff goes, you can say no, you don't have to take a client that's not a good fit. You don't have to keep a client that's not a good fit. It's okay. James Verboda as well responds saying, yeah, knowing the aspects of running a PPC service business is that we didn't get into poor situations because we didn't understand our own profit and loss levels. Julie Bicini as well says, yeah, I always ask them about their competition too. Those who are very close-minded about who their competitors are or worse, well, we don't really have any true competitors, right? Because you're the first to the market with your product. Are more difficult to work with because so much of what we do is positioning our clients to be among the most attractive options in a sea of options. Yeah. Even if like basically you're in retail, even if your product is brand new and never before, if you're in retail, your competitors are other retail clients. Sometimes your competitor is Amazon. You just don't know it yet. And Julie goes, yeah. Oh, and are they able to hear objective feedback about their website and how it stacks, stacks up to their competitors, right? Jim Max as well responds here saying all of the good things have been born out of making bad decisions, getting shafted, etc. Due diligence is a two-way thing. If you are unsure, ask for money in advance. Scope creep will happen and you need to be able to deal with it. If you schedule a weekly call at a certain time, don't let their inefficiencies of managing time allow them to fob you off and cancel at the last minute or turn up late or make something else more important. That's some very sound advice advice from Jim Banks and it's very sound advice from all our experts today because that brings us to the end of our conversation um, and our discussion there. And I hope you found that 
uh, you know, a bit comfort comforting because I feel a lot of people just find it, you know, think to myself, why do we keep, you know, choosing the wrong clients? How do I, how do I measure it? And as Jim just said there, we all go through, you know, it, a bad experiences that then teaches us to do things the right way. So if you've gone through a bad experience, it doesn't mean that you're bad at it. It doesn't mean that you should quit freelancing and, you know, go back to a job that you're not going to like. It just means that you need to find the right way of vetting the client. So I hope you found that useful. I hope you've t- taken some great takeaways. If you want to chat more about this topic, I hear that we're going back to Twitter spaces with our audio chat. So that's going to be at 5 p.m. on Thursday. Yeah, if you have any feedback about the podcast or you maybe even any corrections or anything that you want to share about it, get in touch with me. I am still on Twitter there. You know, it might be I might be slow on the reply on the DMs. But yeah, I am on there. But also find me on LinkedIn. Yeah, send me a DM on my name, Anu Adikbola, or, you know, search for the marketing Anu. Yeah, and it'll also be great to help, you know, for any long-standing standing listeners or brand new listeners who have listened to for more than 30 seconds to leave a review or a rating maybe going on spotify it just takes a few seconds to leave a rating out of five and that would be really great if you go to linktree.com forward slash ppc chat underscore roundup you will find all the different ways that you can leave a rating or review and yeah our last ppc live event was fantastic on february the first we had three fantastic fantastic speaker holly kelly from annika we had amy stamper from Impression. We had Byron Tassoni Reg from Oh We Discover, the co-founder of We Discover. And you know, some great topics there on ppclive.com forward slash blog. We've got the recap post for you to check out how it went, some of the pictures on there, the summaries of their talks. We are in the process working with on the videos for them. So just wait um, wait out for that one. But if you go on YouTube and search for at PPC Live UK, you'll find the recordings of all our past events and all the past talks. But yeah, we also have are going to be doing a Brighton, a, a PPC Live Brighton event, which I'm really excited for because Brighton SEO is going to be happening on 25th of April. I know digital marketers are going to be there. So, you know, I'm hoping that they come a night early. So they're, you know, pumped for Brighton SEO and that night early, you know, coming in, I'm going to like sneak in a PPC Live event, networking event where we're, where we're going to have three speakers to talk about, you know, Different, different digital marketing and PPC topics to network for us to chat about what's going on in the PPC atmosphere. So yeah, if you go to ppclive.uk.com, you'll be able to get the tickets for that. We're still yet to, you know, have concrete, concrete, what's it? <laughs> concrete speakers, a concrete actually location. Well, that's going to be sorted out this week, I'm sure. I just need to confirm with my speakers who have pitched and also need to just confirm with the location. But yeah, RSVP even on um, ppclive.uk.com. That'll be really great to know that there's interest for this event happening on April the 24th. Finally, remember for your campaigns and businesses to glide smoothly, there's a lot of hard work needed beneath the surface. So keep your swans kicking. Bye and speak to you next week. Bye.